Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is part one of the conversation between myself, Amelia Thompson and Emma Story Gordon. We had a chat about the book The Way of the Superior Man. It's a huge best-selling book by a bloke called David Deeder and it's uh, relatively controversial if you put it in today's age. So we thought we would get a little round table together or a triangle table together and have a chat about our opinions on it. So that is what this episode is all about. I say part one because the original episode was about two hours long, so I'm splitting it into two. So you're listening to this whenever. If you listen to us on Monday, then the next episode will be out on Thursday. If you listen to this in the future, then, well, thanks for listening. I love you, um, but the episode will just be the next one that's available for you. But before we get into it, just a quick word from the sponsors of the podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Heights. They are an all-in-one brain care supplement company. They will provide you with the sufficient nutrients to nourish your brain properly, which 99% of adults in the UK aren't currently doing. I've been taking Heights for about six weeks now, and the most important thing for me is my quality of sleep has gone up. Um, It's slight improvements on memory are being promised in the future, which I'm quite excited for. And there is a slight reduction on anxiety as well. But don't just take my word for it. I am not a scientist. There are lots of scientific articles on their website, which you can head to with a link in the description. If you decide that a subscription to Heights would be worth your money, which I am biased probably, but I think it is, just use the code NEED to read and you'll get 10% off of any subscription. So it could be as little a pound a day to feel on top of your game which is kind of a bargain if you ask me which of course you are because this is my podcast so head to the link in the description and use the code need to read to get 10% off your subscriptions but with the sponsors out of the way let's get into the conversation starting from now welcome to the podcast studio dr amelia thompson phd <laughs> and at esg fitness Emma, welcome, Hi. and thank you very much for coming today. Thanks for having us. Buzzing. <laughs> you can you can both talk whenever. Um, <laughs> I've 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 actually not done this dynamic before of having like two people in front of me. I do feel like it's I'm lot, sat it? on like the other side of an interview here when really we're just here to have a casual chat about the way of the superior man by <laughs> David Deeder, which is um, a what controversial book. Yeah, it was a challenging book for all of my morals and values. Because <laughs> <laughs> w- would you describe yourself as like a feminist? A raging killjoy feminist, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like 100%. Okay. And I like it. And I feel like a, a bit of an imposter reading this book. Did you? Mm. Yeah, I was struggling. I was like, I'm going to go into this podcast and out myself as like, the, <laughs> the shittest feminist ever. But hey. Well, and what about you, Emma? Yeah, I would say I'm a, I'm a feminist. But possibly not <laughs> as raging as Amelia. But yeah, I am. And I read it at the same time. Or actually, I read it in conjunction with... No, I can't remember what the book was. I'm going to have to get Audible up. And when I say read, I always mean listen. Oh, that's okay. Um, that's right. There's no judgment here on that part. Um, women don't owe you pretty. Okay, Florence Given. Yeah. There's... Quite a juxtaposition there. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a lot of um, controversy surrounding her book because she apparently just nabbed it off. Sunflower. Yeah. Sunflower, yeah. I saw an article and it was like, this is what white supremacy looks like. It's like, like you literally, you can't really win, I guess. But I mean, mean, probably if you steal off someone, you kind of deserve to be outed for that. Do you know what? I did think while I was reading, I was like, 
didn't she write it when she was like 21? Mm. I was like, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way you could like have that kind of insight. Oh, when I was 21, I was showing up outside boys' houses, banging on the door crying. <laughs> I was not writing a feminist book like that. Yeah, it's just like, it, it just seems so beyond her years. And then I, then I was like, no, that's ageist. She didn't think like that. Yeah. But mm, <laughs> just trust your guts, gut instinct, guys. So just to clarify, turning up outside someone's door, crying, banging on the door would not be feminist behaviour. Well, not at the age of 35, no. Not at the age of 35. <laughs> when you're 21, it's fine. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so, sat in the room, two feminists. I would say that I'm a feminist, not like a raging one. I don't really get angry about anything because um, I feel like my life's such a mess. Like, I've, I've got to deal with my own stuff before I, I worry about anyone else. But the fact that sexism exists and oppression exists in the world does suck. And I guess that is kind of what feminist is about is making sure there is an equilibrium in opportunity in the world. Would that be correct in saying? Yeah, uh, yeah, equal opportunity. I read something this morning, actually, that was very... It was like one of the people that hate feminists, a man, um, <laughs> <laughs> who said something like, feminists don't want equality, they want power. And it's like, we want equal power. We don't want power over, we want power with. I don't know if you've read Brene Brown's chat on power dynamics. No, I haven't. And Dare to Lead... It, her business book um, yeah, yeah. and she talks about that like the successful leaders have power with as opposed to power over so like Trump would be trying to always get power over someone yeah. whereas true feminists want power with yeah. um, but weak weak men think that we are trying to get power you over them you don't have to worry about anything hashtag no men this is a safe <laughs> space and you can say anything and just to caveat this conversation for anyone that's listening we could all say something in this conversation that by the end of it, we just don't agree with, right? Mm. Mm. And that's okay. <laughs> and basically, I'm saying this just in case I put my foot in my mouth and <laughs> I get murdered by one of you two. But also, like, like the whole cancel thing, this is cancel-proof because if you try and cancel me, anyone, I won't agree with you. So Same. it doesn't happen. Um, and I can just say sorry and change my mind. Like, people can. Yeah, I listened to something this morning, a TED Talk, like a really old one, and they were talking about cancel culture, and they were like, if you want to cancel someone, you have to accept that you are 100% right in what you're saying in order to be able to say that that person deserves to be cancelled. So you can only really say you should be cancelled if you are 100% sure that you're right and 100% sure they're wrong, and I don't think, I've never been 100% sure that I'm right. No. Of anything, of anything in my life ever. Yeah, no, that's not 50% possible. 50% will be fine. Yeah, well, I feel like even Barack Obama's been like quoted as saying that. It's like you're never that decisive to 100%. It's like as long as you're over 50%, you just go with it. And I feel like people are so scared now to make those like over 50% decisions on their opinions and like how they view the world. Yeah, for sure. But... Let's chat about superior men, because, of course, you're in the presence of one. I would just like to say <laughs> that I very much brushed over that one. Very much uh, enjoy your post-its. I'm, I'm quite, we've got our little phone notes, but you're very, very organised. I'm impressed. I'll be so honest. The post-it notes in this book I have put in there today by reading the titles of the chapters. Okay. Um, nice impressed. To put them on my positive or negative <laughs> list, which kind of oversimplifies it a little bit. Um, but yeah, the whole premise of this book is essentially to guide men to their higher selves and, and to be like a warrior god. And like, there is actually like a nice nice penis. I, didn't, I can't believe I didn't see that. they call that a phallus. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Big, strong dick. 
<laughs> Big dick yeah. energy right yeah. there on the cover. How have I picked that book up so many times and not even noticed the dick on the front cover? I don't know what that says about me, really. I'm quite upset with myself. Well, maybe it says more about me. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you never know. Um, but yeah, this book was weird. And I think as a bloke listening to it, reading it, I felt really conflicted in the fact that I was like, I just don't agree with the stuff that this guy's saying. Like, There were certain points that I agree with, and I'll start off with those because I feel like he tricks you into the book by giving you like a few solid pieces of advice, like don't hope for completion of anything in life. So it's like, don't wait until you're retired to start your creative outlet. Just do that for an hour a day now. Like retirement might never come. So like that, he doesn't really mention women at any point or the feminine energy or the masculine energy. Um, a purpose before relationship was put there. Mm. I'd like to get your opinion on that. Oh, but that was only for men, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it that like yeah. women are just happy to be yeah. like emotional loved. being in <laughs> yeah. But actually men need a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Hit me. I mean, that was all the way through the book, wasn't it? Like that was the whole premise of the book. To be a superior man, you have to live your purpose whilst managing your women's emotions. <laughs> right? And sometimes they'll be irrational and there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Really. I mean, obviously, we're both strong independent women. So saying So that, independent. So independent. So saying that our purpose is love. Do you know what? This is really okay, this is gonna here I go, I'm going this is where I could start oh. digging my hole. By the end of the book, when he was talking about purpose, he was saying if a man is fulfilling his purpose, love, like the love in his relationship is almost secondary. He'll never be happy if he's not fulfilling his purpose. Whereas for a woman, she could be happy if she's fully loved and in that, even if she's not fulfilling her purpose. Yeah. And I thought to myself, like, if someone said to me now, if you had to pick a choice between having all of this love in your life or fulfilling your purpose as a, jo- as a job now, I would choose love. And then I thought, oh my God, does that mean that, that I put that first? Because obviously I love my work and I'm very driven and I would never have to pick, so it's fine. But I did think to myself, like, I'd, I think... Oh, God, this is a see, I'm digging my hole. I think it's obviously really derogatory to say that men have the purpose and women have the feelings. But yeah, I, cu- I could imagine a world where, as a woman personally, now that I have fulfilled my job potentially I could feel fulfilled in a love space without that I think I could imagine that world okay what's it like there's probably like almost like I mean in theory a genetic element to that right because it would make sense if that like fulfilled a woman because Mm -hmm. then she would just want to stay at home and nurture the children (laughs) yeah (coughs) well I feel I feel there are chemicals involved in like when you have a kid right like yeah. I'm, I'm not making that up. I don't know. I'm never going to have one come out of me. Like I don't think that's not possible. Never say never. You yeah, never not know. yet. Not yet. Um, but like, there's it. there's chemicals involved in that. Like that will make will change your brain, change what you think. So yeah, and like that's kind of fair. But like the fact that your whole life would be fulfilled by love. Like love's cool, but like is it like <sighs> enough? <laughs> It puts like I think that would put so much pressure on a relationship as well. Yeah. Like that's all I need. Yeah. And then it's like almost like your own like autonomy has been taken away of like if okay, so if he stops loving me. You're fucked. You're fucked, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. But then you think, well, like it's easy to look at from, so again, from my perspective, my number one value in life is love. So of course mm. I could see that perspective, but that's assuming that every female's number one value or inherent drive to be is love. Yeah. Which may, or, uh, we, I don't know. <laughs> well, like, yeah, I mean, like the whole book is based on massive assumptions <coughs> about like what all women are like. Yeah. Yeah. And do you know what? Some Hashtag of it, not all women. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of it, like, the more he talks about it, I'm like, no, there are kind of elements of that that are true. Yeah. Which I think is kind of how he draws you in. Like he was saying at the start that you're like, huh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I think this happens quite a lot with, like, books or just people giving a certain narrative. They say, like, a couple of things that are true. Yeah. And then, like, throw in something that's ridiculous, but you're kind of (laughs) caught off guard and you're like, oh, yes, yes, I I agree with all of this. Yeah. Oh, so he's basically getting you know that like there's like a sales technique that's like getting someone to say yes so many times then they just start agreeing with everything just like increases agreeableness by just like oh yes i should live as if my father were dead oh i should have a purpose oh yes men are better than what (laughs) (laughs) like i I, I should penetrate the world (laughs) yeah yeah and and that is where the book was weird as well it's about the whole penetration thing it's like penetrating the world as if you were penetrating a woman and i was like how do you do that i'm just trying to but also he was talking about, he's like, right, if you have sex for like less than 30 minutes, you're, you're prematurely ejaculating. And I was like, oh, yeah. are you kidding me? Do you feel attacked? Like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> and then he was like, when he started with 10 minutes, I was like, oh, I mean, like, come on, man. And then, and then half an hour, I was like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> yeah, but don't you know you're meant to have an orgasm out of the top of your head? Yeah. <laughs> up your spine. Up your spine. And sometimes out of the top of your head. Yeah. So it's you've about probably been doing full, it wrong. Full body orgasm and I basically I ruined it for myself whilst masturbating as a teenager Mm. um because this is all in the book which is so weird that he talks about some of the stories are very strange as well like I quite enjoyed the one about the man having sex with his wife and then his wife was like I really really want you to come and then he came and (laughs) she told him off that's that's something I wanted to ask you about is because in the book uh for for the sake of people listening in the book he's talking about the man having sex with his wife and the wife is like, right, please come inside me and come inside me, please. And then the guy comes and then she's like, why did you do that? Yeah, because did he not? Right, so I did write something down. How he do you co- feel about that as a woman? I've never had sex with a man, so I don't know. Um. Well, first of all, first of all, I disagree. Second of all, he called it a genital sneeze of ejaculation. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to use that one next time I have sex with someone I don't think you'll be having sex a lot if you start using <laughs> phrases like that um, oh. um, <clears throat> yeah because the whole premise that he said is because ejaculation weakens men it shows that you are it shows that they don't have control right it's like drainage mm. of their power and women want to know that they c- women don't want to feel like they can drain you of the, their your power Okay. because then it messes up the power <coughs> dynamic mm. so if you tell a man to come and he does <laughs> you can't trust him <laughs> you can't trust him and you have more power than him right that's the basis of it yeah do you know I'm what like, that was actually true in it though he was like <laughs> he was like basically said you can't trust a man if he can't but is that true no well of course it's not true i just don't trust men i I don't know if i'm naive and juvenile in this but i'm like yeah ego boost yeah yeah honestly same yeah Yeah, like like, i I think do you know what i think it'd be fucking weird and kind of awkward if it was like 
<laughs> Why are you ignoring me, bro? <laughs> well, as if like I'm you're saying, hungry. "Hey, come," and you're like, "I'm hungry." <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, if you're like, <laughs> if you're like fifty minutes deep, yeah, I want a snack. <laughs> fifty minutes. Come on. Can we stop uh, now? I've already said about where. Well, where, don't you, where. Yeah, it would be straight. Like, I think it would be. Yeah, like he, it's just an expectation. It would be almost be like, I'm like, was that that enjoyable? Yeah, but then what about the flip side? So obviously, he doesn't say this in the book. Do you think it's what would it, what would the opposite be for a woman? If you said to a woman to come and she didn't, you wouldn't think. Oh, w- actually, would you think that you've got she's got more power by not coming? No, I'd just be annoyed at myself. Yeah, I'd be like, come Damn on, Ed. Like, yeah, I'd I'd literally be like going home, like looking in the mirror. Oh, like, okay, you are this a loser. I'm like self compassion <laughs> books, whip them out. But like, actually, you tried really hard. You tried your best, but you are just a failure. Oh, self compassion doesn't work there, sorry. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. There's a bit of hypocrisy there, but whatever. Okay, um, what, what did you think of the bit where he was like, if you ask a woman what she likes in bed, she'll hate it because. That, like you're meant to know. Can I have? Can I put my two? Yeah, no, no. I want here. to hear. So, I think the whole point, like as a guy, it's pretty easy to enjoy sex. Yeah. You don't have to do much to enjoy it. But I think women, from my understanding, have certain things that they like, and and obviously men have like little nuances in in what they like. But generally, if you move it about fast enough, like <laughs> it'll have a genital <laughs> sneeze. <laughs> But as as a woman, obviously, like, a lot of men just think, like, right, if I just fucking put it in there and just <laughs> shove it as hard as I can, like, 50 times, like, she, she'll be begging for more. Like, that's not how it works. It's not how you make a woman orgasm right, I don't right. think. Well, okay, so do you think all women are different in that sense? Mm. Is that what you're it's saying? 20% or something, right? 20% of women orgasm like that? Via penetration. Yeah. Lucky bastards. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am aware, like, of the nuance in, like... Everyone's kind of different. Some people prefer it on the outside. Some prefer it on the inside. Some prefer it around the back. But like, that's rare. Some some women can organize. Some nice some women. <laughs> yeah, if you're just trying to make someone come, please don't just shove it out their ass. It, it kind of science doesn't work there, um, unless it's a bloke. Mm. I think um, <laughs> I actually wouldn't know um, as a bloke, mm. but. What are we talking about? Now, just, uh, now I've basically anal. just been like, I've never, I've never been bummed. Um, so let's okay, start well, that, we talking. That was nice. What, what did you ask again? I was asking about, so if he was saying in the book, never ask a woman what she likes in bed, because mm. that's like saying that you don't know or that like she wants a man to take control. And I have to say, that sometimes when a guy has asked that, I've been a bit like... You should you've, know. You've, well, not even you should know, but like you've literally not even tried. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Like try first. Trial and error. I do, <sighs> I do. I did. Like it did. Kind of make me think. Yeah, actually, sometimes that puts me off. Yeah, because the book said never ask, right? I don't think never ask, but don't. Like, but like sometimes don't. I'm like bit of a cop out, Jeffrey. <sighs> Jeffrey. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Epstein. We- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. No, it's all right. The only way this conversation could get darker is by adding Jeffrey Epstein into it. Well done. You've surpassed expectations. This is good. You guys have got reputations of being like quite intellectual, intelligent people, and I've just ruined your reputations within 17 minutes. No. It didn't take you long. Yeah. I don't think Premature this changes as the tone much. No. Do you think this changes our marketing tone of voice very much? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. Personal preference, right? I certainly know. I mean, if I. If, mm, 
Hmm. I mean, you have to ask at some point. Right, but you say that you think, like, women like different things. Yeah. Like, do you think that, like, given that experience of your sample size, that <laughs> that tends to be the case? Yeah. Okay. And I would say, like, each time it's never been that different for me. Although, I feel like maybe I'm a little bit... Apart from that time you got bummed. <laughs> and we just got lore. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, basically there's an alright sample size and I would say that most people are different. Do you, do you know what I think, though? So, a lot of my friends are the same. And I wonder, and, and we're very much probably more on the lines of you, and I don't know if it's because we're a lot of my friends or my friends that have been become friends in the last five years are also feminists. Mm. And I remember listening to a podcast once and it was a psychotherapist talking about feminists and how the, the kind of, not it's not controversial, people expect feminists, and I've been in this situation with mm. men before and it's not great, where people expect feminists to then have sex and want to be like, Dominant. Dominant because okay. they're like so dominant in their lives. And what he did get right in this book, I think, is that feminists, he didn't use the word feminist because I don't think he knows what they are, but women who tend to be dominant masculine energy, as he yeah. would call it, in their day to day life, they, when they are in a relationship, and specifically in this situation, sex, they mm. don't want to have the masculine energy, they want the feminine, Submissive. what does he use? Ravish. Oh yes, the rav- <laughs> to ravish your woman every yeah. day for three hours a day or something. Yeah, like so that, I yeah. kind of—I mean, three hours is excessive, but like, <laughs> that shit, much shit to do. <laughs> but I think that, like, I get that. But I mean, he was talking about all women, right? Yeah. But I do get. I think he was right in that. I think that if you're a woman who has a lot of masculine energy day to day, i.e., runs your own business and rages about sex as pigs and all of that stuff, <laughs> when <laughs> named Amelia. <laughs> potentially means that um i think that when it comes to like relationships and stuff you do want more you want to feel more it's not that you're not a feminine feminine if you're a feminist but you want to have less of that masculine energy for want of a better term i'm trying to well use you want to like give over control right yeah especially if you've been like in control all day exactly. All day. well exactly yeah. that and i think there's an important life lesson there for men just i'm just throwing it out yeah. there yeah what, or so if you have a feminist you have to Ravish your woman. Just don't expect her to want to be a feminist in the, the parts of your life that are private. Yeah. Yeah. But then I don't know how that works with like same sex. Oh, I wouldn't know, but I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, because oh, that was his point at the start. He was like, I'm going to talk about like men and women, but this could be like a same sex relationship. But someone, and this was an interesting concept, like the polarity thing, like someone has to be more feminine someone has to be more masculine and you do see that in most same-sex relationships like you do kind of see like one person takes on one role yeah and i don't know if that's like essential for the relationship to work and he was saying that if they're two like if you had two thems or two masculine people like would would there just be that he just said it would be quite um platonic stalemate yeah Yeah, i can't i can't get on board with that i thought it was really similar to have you ever read a tantric sex book what are you pulling that scared. face for? Scared of it. <laughs> I'm just saying you read it. That's on your put it on your list of five thousand books to read. Have you? <laughs> I've not read a book about it. So I read a book about it, and it's, it's it's very very similar. Like a lot of it about polarity and about masculine feminine energies, about yeah. whole body orgasms, or what he said, orgasm and up the spine, or yeah, yeah, breathing into each other. All of this stuff, 
like all the way through, I thought this is just tangent. Did anyone sex. get a little bit turned on <laughs> when he was talking about? I didn't because he was like obviously an American man in my ears, and like it's, <laughs> that's not my thing. It was just like it was just a lot about sex. It, yeah, the, it the whole second half of the book was about like. But yeah. I I understand I understand the buy-in that you would get from that because obviously from sex, but it's tantric sex is about mindfulness. It's about obviously awareness it's about love and it's about connection and mm. so when I was listening to it and I was listening and I was buying into it like I was saying at the beginning the bits that I was buying into were the bits about mindfulness and love and connection and that's that's the undertone of the whole thing yes he's very sexist at points and yes there's parts of it that get dark at the end which we might talk about but the underlying premise is those three things and I was like mm. I'm yeah I'm with it and tantric sex is thousands of years old and it's it's pretty legit i think in terms of well sex lives (laughs) yeah yeah okay um i think that masculine feminine thing it makes a lot of sense yeah because and especially going back to what you're saying about feminists like i think say someone makes a lot say let's take someone's job and say their job is representative of the energy that they have so if there was a like a woman in a high-powered job people would be like, oh, she's got masculine energy. Like She's like, can make high-power decisions, does this, does that. So what we're saying is like, when she gets home, she's like, I can't be fucked to be dominant and like making big decisions here. Just ravish the fuck out of me. <laughs> is that is that kind of the vibe? Yeah, and then that also ties into the really dark stuff that he was talking about when he said the difference between... <sighs> Okay, so this is what he said. This is not me. Yeah. He said the difference between ravish and rape is love. And he said, did you get yeah. to that part? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, it, I've, was that's when it got a little bit dark for me because he said all men, I'm interested in your opinion mm. on this, all men have this inherent need or desire to basically ravish or rape. And it's like, well, if you love someone, then it's ravishing and that's okay. This... Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, I feel a little bit uncomfortable with you normalising that really toxic narrative, despite what I may or may not like in the bedroom. I feel yeah. that that, oh, that yeah, made me a bit uncomfortable. That was a lot. And also, like, it was, there was, like, almost mentions of, like, paedophilia as well. Okay, yeah, so, mm. yeah, there definitely was at one stage about the babysitter being yeah. in the car with a babysitter and how young women will like light a fire in a man which like it's it's just a bit weird i think he is probably a bit of a like narcissist the guy who wrote the book and i like being a little bit of a sexist you know just a little little, he said i've got a quote that i wrote down a couple of quotes that i wrote down he said when you're not masculine or ravishing with your partner your desires go underground i.e that's when your desires become more illegal um and he said (coughs) She wants the killer in you. Beneath a polite woman is the wrath that would kill new age men. Um, and we currently are too much suppressing the dark masculine mm. and the feminine. And that's dangerous. And I, f- I, find, I find that as a narrative that scary to, yeah. say to say to men, especially if you've got like a 17 year old man who's already exposed to TikTok rape culture as is. Yeah. And then he reads this book and it's like, she wants the killer in you. Yeah. Um, and a lot of 17 year olds are not having sex out of love. And it's like, well, what, what is that ravishing? If someone was trying to ravish me at 17 years old, I don't think I would like that very much. <laughs> no. 
And I just like I think I don't I don't know if you'd get away like it's what twenty years old or something in this book. I think I think so. I, I think it, I think it was like his twentieth anniversary recently. The sticker on the front. Yeah. You were too busy looking at the penis. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Very distracting. Um, yeah, that is that is a weird part of it. And I think, speaking as a man, like, I don't really want to rape anyone. It's not it's not high on my gender. Like, it's so. never been something that I've been like, like, I mean, let's talk, you've been speaking quite openly about your sex life. I'll just go with mine. Like, I'm not one of those people who just likes to, like, dominate someone. Like, I've... I've got quite feminine energy as a person. Like I'm, I'm not about like, oh, let me fucking hurt you. I'm like, <laughs> <"Are> you okay? <laughs> so okay. So question. Mm. So he obviously says, he says something like eighty percent of men are mas- have masculine energy, and yeah. about twenty percent have either neutral or feminine. And when it comes to relationships, if you've got masculine energy, then you want someone who has feminine energy. Neutral, neutral. What's the last one? Feminine and masculine energy. Yeah. In your personal headspace and like what you think do you think that you have you have a preference for people who are still very feminine even though maybe you think that you have slightly more neutral energy i think yeah i'm more neutral i don't necessarily think if i was to look at my past relationships or people i've been in relationships with i would say that they're like all mega feminine i'd say they're all like pretty this is I'm going to put my foot in my mouth here because it sounds like I'm saying something that I'm not saying, but like they're all intelligent, driven, <laughs> um, like logical beings who have a lot of masculine energy um, as well. But I'm not trying to say that people with feminine energy are not intelligent or driven or anything. Yeah, like but that. that's that's what yeah. the this book is now. This is the book. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I can't deal with like someone who's like super feminine because like i'm a little bit feminine at times yeah um and that's an interesting thing of like we were talking about how like i don't know a businesswoman comes home from work and like Mm. she wants something different when she's at home but what like for from a man's perspective like if you have a really high powered job do you also want like to be dominated at home well yeah because they like that's what those weird high-powered individual people when they like do when they go to Amsterdam and they go and get like dress up as yeah. babies. Like, I'm not sex shaming people but like oh, yeah, they get tied up and beaten and shit like that that's a fair point so then you've got the feminists problem of having all of these masculine traits and wanting a masculine person to dominate you outside of your job and yet those masculine men according to this book should be attracted to more feminine energy to women yeah, because that's they're polarized, right? Whereas, so as a masculine woman on the outside, should we be looking for more feminine energy men? But then they're never going to dominate you in the bedroom. So then, then you're kind of screwed. Well, maybe they are quite dominating in the bedroom. Ed, I'd, Ed? <laughs> I'd say like depend depends on the day. It, it would. It's not something that like my natural, like proclivities i like that word that's a good word yeah. if that is a it's word not, it's, yeah it is, it is a word and i think it means like tendency. you're like predisposed yeah. yeah like tendency it's basically a smart way of ten- tendency or <laughs> propensity is another way about that. um so yeah every day is school day that's not my that's not my default yeah like i'm really kind i think and like i'm caring and i'm not just talking about like in the bedroom I'm talking about in like general life like I like making breakfast for people I like making coffees for people I like doing like nice things I can't instantly just like switch that off 
be like, hold on, love, I'm going to fucking rape you now. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not <laughs> what I can do. And I'm not saying that obviously people like switch from, from that extreme mm. because, and, and maybe I shouldn't have joked about that. Like I've, I've done, I've no, done it now. I've done it. It's yeah. the boot. You've done it. Um, it's the boot. But like it wasn't a yeah. Whatever. It wasn't. Yeah. No. Foot out of mouth. Um. It's it's not a switch that I think people make, and and I think I know a lot of people who might pretend that they have more masculine energy in the bedroom when really that's not actually what they enjoy. That's, that definitely happens. That happens a lot with girls, right? I, it happens a lot with men. I don't know about girls. No, but you, so certain Again, individuals, but like, no, no, I mean, like, talk's a big talk. Like, mm. oh, I love, I d- well. Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah. Do you know, you yes, get from, what I mean? Yes, yeah, like, girls experience. would be like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I love, in I love, the bedroom, love blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, so would you, would you mind maybe going a little bit faster in missionary for the next <laughs> yeah, five minutes yeah. and then you can slow it down again in missionary for the next five which minutes. of course is absolutely fine yeah of but course like not like if you're that's what your sex life <laughs> is that's that's what it is yeah um but yeah i think a lot of people do like you say talk but if a bit it is game. then why say all this other shit why do they but why do they do that attention well maybe not even just attention or just like a like they want to fit in, they want to. They, I think that's what the norm is. So, like, uh, like you saying about TikTok, like rape culture at the moment. Like, yeah. there'll be girls who are like pretending to be these like wild, like sexual deviants, essentially. Yeah. Who like they're not into that at all, and they'll be doing it to appease little boys who also aren't into like what they're mm, trying to say they're doing. So, toxic. two people are just doing stuff like neither of them enjoy. Like, if I had a daughter and at seventeen some little cunt was like spitting in her mouth and slapping her in the bedroom i would be the fuck out of him i would i mean <laughs> if she let you find that out I would yeah, like, yeah well it'll be on tiktok well, yeah <laughs> especially by the time i've got <laughs> yeah like it'll be on somewhere but that's what i think is like i think this book is like the tiktok of like 20 years ago yeah. because that is exposing like young guys to the same sort of message as these tiktok i saw one um, a TikToker and it was talk- he was talking about I just choked her and I s- she said she didn't want it but I just spat in her mouth and she loved it and I was like that's so so problematic it's yeah. her- and they don't take it down TikTok, TikTok don't no. take any stuff like that down but like I feel like with this book he because he has the undercurrent of being like your, wim- your woman is so important love her do the right all thing all these things kind. it's like yeah be a savior how do you expect i think if you've got some sort of emotional awareness and maturity then you can take from that okay well we can take these bits and use it if you're 17 years old like you're exposed to tiktok like you're exposed to this book it's just such a different you're getting something very different from that book than what we might get from it knowing Mm. what we know and like reading it the way that we read it and laughing about it yeah i suppose and i instantly think like with this book of people like incels, like involuntary celibate, oh, basically yeah, yeah. people who oh, yeah. like can't convince anyone to have sex with them. Like the guy who shot up Plymouth, yeah, not too long ago. Yep, um, who was like basically making the case of like women can't make any decisions; they're all fucking stupid. None of them want me. Blah 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 blah. I feel like this kind of book in the wrong hands could could make mm. someone think that because mm. it does sort of hint that like women can't make any decisions or they don't really know and all they want is love mm. and then to go even further that someone could just pretend to do all this stuff like people could like be like right well women need a savior 
they need to be shown love so they're like changing their behavior to manipulate people to get people to either fall in love with them or just be with them mm. it's dangerous um and I can't believe there are people that, like, we know who are, like, relatively intelligent that have read it and be like, oh, this is a fucking world good book. And I know people who have, like, really smart who have read this book and, like, said, like, oh, my God, it's amazing. I, the thing is, like, again, when I first started reading it, I, I was kind of nodding in agreement with a lot of it. So mm-hmm. I can see why I can see why people buy into it. Like, the stuff about, like, familiarity breeds boredom, breeds, like, neutrality, breeds yeah, yeah. disconnection, all of this stuff. Um totally agree with the stuff about him saying you know if your woman is having to do all of like there was a bit that he was talking about if your woman is having to do all of the chores and all this stuff then basically <laughs> she's not going to love you anymore and I was like fair yeah, yeah, respect all, that. yeah respect all that and he was like it's your responsibility <laughs> to keep your house in order blah 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 and I'm like well fair like I kind yeah. of respect that too like there was a lot of it that I thought that is respectful of women there were bits in it where I thought that is quite respectful of women but then but then it just changes, and then he starts talking about. Yeah, but I think that was part of the whole thing. Like he like lulls you into yeah. something, and then okay. you're like. And this is the problem with like books or even things like podcasts that are all one person is that you're only hearing like one narrative, and it's so easy to get brainwashed into it. Yeah, like mine. <laughs> well, not necessarily because you have people come yeah, on, yeah, and, yeah. and you're like, I balance it. Oh out. yeah, like what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, I mean, and I've definitely been in a position where, like, I remember reading a book about type 2 diabetes, and it was, like, about low-carb diet. And I had, like, I remember at one point, like, I'd, I'd like, stopped eating carbs. My mum was like, but you're not diabetic. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm not. <laughs> like, it, but it was so weird, because you kind of mm. get, like, so infixed into, like, one narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Like, into, like, a cult of... No carbs. Yeah. <laughs> Which is obviously shit. <laughs> it wasn't a great time um, in my life. Yeah, so what would a superior man look like? <coughs> what does this man actually look like? I don't know. What does David... You guys look up David Dida. I'm going to go to the toilet. Okay. And please continue to talk, um, or I can just edit this back. David Dida. What's his... How do you spell his last name? D-I-D. Oh... <gasps> No. Oh my god, let me see. <laughs> <gasps> I did not expect that. So for yeah, so if you'd like to s- the, I'm sure the name spelling is on the show notes Ed will have this the name spelling on the show notes it's so you not, can Google. Yeah. That's an interesting observation. I don't know if, I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't that. Also, this is what he looks like now. Oh my word. <laughs> Wonder if he's fulfilled in life. With his purpose. Yeah, a former English teacher and director. Oh my God, imagine this is the wrong person. <laughs> what did you think about the bit that was talking about older women? What about older women? The, he has a lot of section on like, uh, as women get, so women oh, get yeah. older, their radiance decreases, but we should respect them anyway because they're, they're, they're what was it he said? I wrote, I wrote something down. Um, he said you should respect them even though their radiance decreases because oh I can't remember the reason Um, yeah it's young women have superficial radiance whereas older women have deep radiance Um, and and older women are really good to stop you from like taking it easy whereas younger women let you get away with whatever you want 
oh, and all you have to do is like if the lines on your woman's face get too deep, all you have to do is like love her or show oh, yeah, her physically disappear. that you love her and they just disappear miraculously. <laughs> Cheap Botox, that. Oh, there you <laughs> yeah. go. Maybe I'm going wrong. I just um, need to find a man to love me more and then I'll have no wrinkles. You'll left. be all right, yeah. Um, have you been talking enough for me to not need to edit that out? Or Yeah, probably. We yeah. just looked him up. I also think that might not have been the right person. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. David D-E-I-D-A. Wasn't yeah. him. Wasn't him. No. <laughs> what, what do you think? Do you think as you've hold well, on? Look, I haven't. I haven't heard from you guys what you think a superior man would oh, be. Oh yeah. I think a superior man would be. Do, are we talking about based on the book or based on I'd, personal? I'd thoughts? say just like based on traits. What would you think would make? Oh God! Um, I think this is worse. <laughs> that's him. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's not the man I initially thought it was. I but, also uh, it's slightly more scary. I don't want to think about him ravishing me and getting rid of my wrinkles on my forehead. No, thank you very much. Even if it was free, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So, what like what would a superior man look like? What would <laughs> maybe this is like? There are going to be people listening to this thinking, <laughs> "Hey, maybe this is me." Um, but yeah, what? What would a superior man be like? I got catfished once by someone who did that, who who sent me books from, who sent me quotes from Brene Brown and Untethered Soul. And what else did he do? Do you remember this? Yeah. I can't remember what else he did, but he said he was reading Brene and it was, oh my God, it was, he said his favourite book in the world was Untethered Soul. And I was like, have you been listening to like podcasts that I've done or whatever? And he was a total fake person. Do you think someone could do that? From how much like... How much content you put out, like if someone yes. just listened to everything, could be like, oh, I can basically mould myself into the perfect. Yeah, he did that. But do you think is that? I don't think that's actually what you would want. I think that's what you want to want. No, I didn't because I didn't meet him in the end, did I? Well, yeah, thank God for that. I didn't. I said I wasn't going to meet him, and then I found out it was a catfish. We had a whole Instagram page and everything of, and it was like, it was horrific. It was really like he just. I remember saying to you or someone, it's like he's just gone through my stuff and said she likes these things so if anyone is listening to this and here's what a superior man looks like just um we're on the lookout for catfish yeah but you like is that really what you would want someone who's into the exact same stuff as you no like obviously there'd be a a connection there but yeah like where's the polarity babe yeah for sure superior man to me okay so i'm not basing it oh I would say, right, according to the book, a superior man is someone who's quite masculine. According mm. to me, a superior man personally would be quite masculine. Yeah. And I would say a superior man in the book is someone who has a clear purpose and ambition and drive. Same with me. Yeah. <sighs> a man who ravishes you in the bedroom, according to the book, is superior. Same with me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, see, this is a concern. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm like, if a man said to me, do you know what? I know you're, you're knackered and you don't want to be cleaning the house. I've got you a cleaner. Great. Again, sold. Like, I feel like I kind of agree with a lot of the stuff that he says. Yeah. As much as I disagree with a lot of the other stuff. Like, his idea of a superior man, although sexist, Mm. is kind of like what I think I agree with. Yeah. Which is concerning, slightly. (laughs) Mm. Right. And you, Emma? Wait. (laughs) Sorry. Are we describing who we want to be with? No, we're just describing what we think a superior man is. Do you yeah. agree with what he says as a superior man, or do you think? I don't know. I think what I've like personally found hard with men is sometimes I feel like some of those actions are almost like patronizing. Like I can get my own fucking cleaner. Like if I want to clean it, I'll get my own cleaner. Yeah, but are you reading into that a little bit too much? Because this is maybe what the cleaner thing. Yeah, <laughs> like clearly we clung to that. I did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Someone get 
no, but like no. it's just an example. Like a lot of the yeah. stuff I'm like, yeah, but I can do that for myself. And sometimes it is nice that someone does stuff for you. And like, I think that is something that like in my own relationships has potentially been missing is like someone taking control and just doing stuff. And I can't, like, I do like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also you don't at the same time. But it has to be done, like, I think I'm quite hard to be with, but, like, it has to be done in the right way. So I don't feel like someone's, like, taking power away from me. Yeah. Mm. See, I used to be like that. And then the more power I have in my job, the less power I want anywhere else. So yeah, and I, I think used to actually, be a lot more like that. So, like, to give my story here, like, I <laughs> dated guys until I was, like, 23. Yeah. And then I've only dated girls, really, until... <laughs> anyway. Right. We'll move aside from that. Um... Until maybe recently. And yeah, I think that, that maybe growing up has been part of that. Like, I think when I was younger, I was like very competitive with my boyfriends, which was weird. <laughs> and I like, I wouldn't in like... In what them. way? <laughs> oh, literally every way. Like, what, my deck's bigger than yours? <laughs> <laughs> no, but just like, I remember this especially with one. that I, I don't know, like, I think we, we did very similar jobs as well. And I just felt like a lot of it was like this weird, like, competition and yeah. it, there was like a part that was missing was like really wishing each other well. Like I thought there was like kind oh, of weird like resentment like about each other. Yeah, like do you know? Do I'm you know happy what? for that, but also like I, like I feel like it reflects on me. Isn't it weird that you get that with men and not women? Or is it weird? Or does it, is it because your your energies are so similar with the man because you both are more masculine in that way, but with women, they you maybe go for more feminine energy women, so it's yeah. less competitive. I think that's probably true. Or Maybe as you my just need a says, feminine man. You just go for airheads. Oh, really? <laughs> I Does that make you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to anyone that's dating. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal that from your mum. <laughs> um, that is an interesting point as well because I think maybe sometimes people who are like of a higher intelligence will seek out people who are less so to maybe make themselves feel a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, someone, someone said that. Yeah. Someone Sorry, said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we ego stroke. A little bit. I mean, I don't know. That's like a backhanded compliment. Like, yeah, that like wasn't you, a compliment. you seem like intelligent. I mean, that's the compliment side. <laughs> but you're said, clearly needing your ego yeah. stroke. That's why you date people who are. <laughs> well, someone said that to me recently. Someone who I was hanging out with recently said to me, "Do you think you'd ever date someone that was less intelligent than you? Like, is that like is that why you're you're single?" And I was like. I quite like. Well, because you're too clever. <laughs> <laughs> then he got to know me and realised that's quite easy to do. Um, but I was like, I quite, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I, I think it's how you judge intelligence, right? I think that's a whole other thing. Yeah, but there's, there is a difference between, like, I mean, I had the same discussion with the same person. And then also, like, I've had this discussion with Chris from Modern Wisdom. And he says that women only date a long and up. Like, as in, in terms of, like, intelligence or... I think yeah. there was three tra- traits. It was, like, intelligence, earning, and height, for some reason. <laughs> so they'll only date someone that's, like, as tall as them or taller, that earns yeah. as much as them or more, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So, like, and he was saying, like, his claim is, like, or his point was, you know, the dating pool for people, for women who are successful, intelligent apparently tall as well, um, is much smaller mm. than the dating pool for people who are less intelligent and less money. And I don't know, like, it's an interesting concept. Like, does that come from just a woman being like, I wouldn't date someone who doesn't earn as much as me? Or does it come from a man being like, 
that impedes my muscular or like can i throw a wild claim out there yeah i think there are a lot of handsome men who have extremely fragile masculinity who will go for women who are attractive but not intelligent which then snaps them up which means that they cannot get with the people who actually have like high paying jobs or like are well educated or taller (laughs) Um, as in like I don't think women are happy to compromise like you said a long and up whereas I I think men don't give a fuck like a lot of a lot of men I just think don't think and I hate that sometimes I come across if like I'm bashing the boys but (laughs) like but I don't some people are actually stupid out there I don't think they're not set as stupid though like they can change that but I just don't think people can be bothered and I think a lot of guys just don't give a fuck about that which I guess is nice but also is it on purpose? Because yeah. they can get away with different things. I think it's on purpose. Could be wrong. Fragile male ego, some men, like you were talking mm. about. It's not me. Um, I think a lot of the time people, men, like less like less intelligent <laughs> or less... More what he, they would call in the book emotionally, like more feminine, right? Which is what he says in the book is emotionally unstable. Yeah. Right, and yeah, yeah. illogical. That's what he says, not me. I think a lot of men prefer that because mm. it, I like you said, it daddy it makes, issues, all of that. Yeah, yeah, but it makes them feel needed. Savior complex, savior thing, complex yeah. stuff, and and if men don't have a purpose outside of their relationship, so what he's talking about when he says men have a purpose, blah blah blah. For a lot of men who don't feel that they have their that purpose outside of making babies or relationships they need to find that purpose in a relationship so they go for people like they can save as a purpose rather than having a really fucking good job or really loving like being i don't know a carer for someone like you know having a purpose outside of love if they don't have that they prefer to go for women that they feel that they have a purpose with in terms of saving them in some way which tends to be people who need them or people who are maybe a little bit less intelligent or book smart or whatever it is or emotionally unstable as he would call it yeah i wouldn't call that there's like an excitement yeah like like that's how a lot of relationships have passion is like arguments about really fucking stupid stuff yeah and i hate arguments they're my least favorite thing to do same. Like, I don't care about the passion of it. I'm like, <laughs> can you stop? I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same. Get the passion from ravishment. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right, the right word? Ravishment. Ravishment. Ravish, ravish. I keep thinking of radishes. <laughs> um, so what does superior look like? <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I mean, it's a fine line, mm. I think, between like making decisions and being patronizing okay what so like you want like that like i want someone who's like decisive yeah but decisive but considerate yeah yeah so i'd say for me not that i'm gonna date a superior man but i suppose like the the man that i would try to be would be someone who could be (laughs) kind (laughs) ravishing um considerate but decisive and driven and loving. And I suppose it's a balance of a whole load of things that would seem not not possible, but like really fucking difficult to attain. Yeah, but do you know how you do that? You just be authentic. Yeah. <laughs> really? 
No. Because <laughs> I think no. a lot of people authentically are not that cool. I know, but it's not never going to last if you're not authentic anyway. Yeah. So it's like yeah. It's almost irrelevant in the sense of you could live by the rules of that book, but if that's not who you are, then give it two years and you, you're fucked anyway because you're not. that's not who you are and then your connection is ruined anyway because you only have that connection with if you're your true self. That's what Brunei tells us all the time. So it's yeah. sort of irrelevant. Like... You can. I think. I think a lot of people could get some good stuff from this book. I think a lot of people could get some really toxic stuff from it. But it's it is irrelevant if that's if you're trying to fit a mold that's not who you are. Yeah. Either. So it's more about like a superior man would be someone who's just in tune with who they are, and is like aiming to just be a bit of a kinder, more considerate version of that person outside of the bedroom. Yeah. Outside of the bedroom where <laughs> they are should not be kind. <laughs> And it's going to be different for everyone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, some women will be more attracted or, like, would work in a better dynamic with more feminine men. But his whole narrative is, like, (laughs) a masculine man would be the best, like, is the superior version. Yeah. Which I think, like, that is toxic. That is, like, toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, To the point of, like, what if I want to be a stay-at-home dad? Yeah. What if I want to, like, look after kids? What if I want to be... The one that is like always crying. Like, what well, if I want to be emotionally unstable? Is that allowed? Well, this is, it's <laughs> very. I mean, it's allowed. You do you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is true. Like, my dad was a stay-at-home dad. My dad's yeah. bisexual. Okay, so like it, that's like that's legit now, obviously. But yeah. like that's the complete opposite to what I grew up with. And I think if someone, I mean, it's obviously different. With but it, does it tell a lot that he's mm-hmm. now gay? What well, as in terms of. Well, like foreign men. That's no, way too not deep for me. Right no, I just mean like that. You're like, well, you know, there's a there's an anomaly. Like he was a stay at home dad. He had all, the, you know, like he mm. was a more feminine role potentially. But actually, he's mm. gay. Yeah, maybe. I feel like there's it's a lot of it. Like, would I be judged as a stay at home dad? I think I probably would. Like I, I definitely so. like, like my mum used to be judged like dropping me off at school because she was like a working mum. So, like, I guess if I was, like, dropping kids off at school, people are like, oh, where's your wife? Because I don't think men are seen as, like, safe to, like, drop kids off at school oh, and shit like that. That's like, horrific. Like, there's loads of stuff Yeah. along those lines. Society's well, pretty fucked, isn't it, actually? Yeah, well, my friend's a single dad, and he says he doesn't get invited to any of the groups. There's, like, mum's groups, and he's not allowed in them. Really? He's what, is his dad. partner, like... Died or no, so you? she's they have shared custody, so yeah, she's allowed to do stuff, but he's not allowed in. He has to get second hand because he's a dad. It's sad, it's so brutal. It's sad, but then at the same time, if you flip that on its <coughs> head, you go, A man gets kudos for babysitting his kid and taking the night off in the pub to babysit his kid, whereas a woman, mm. it's like, Well, of course, you are, it's your child. So, yeah. you know, pros and cons. Yeah, I honestly, I feel for. <laughs> I was about to say I feel for single mothers, which I of course do. Um, but I just saw something the other day where someone like shouted out single mothers as like a trying to get like positive clout. And I'm like, oh my god, they care for the single mothers. They're such good people. Mm. I can't remember who it was. It mm. may have been like Tom Hanks' son or something like that. Um, but basically. I like whenever I see like a single mum, or, or maybe I'm just assuming that she's single because maybe the dad's at work because he's a superior man. Who knows? <laughs> but like looking after like three kids, I'm like, fuck that. One's trying to run off into the road, like in his like probably dead set of like getting run over, like just wants to be there. One's like running in the other direction, then one's in a pram, just like won't sit still. I'm like, fuck, that is a lot to deal with. 
agreed. I'm a 35-year-old woman and I feel like that too. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's quite amazing that like women do deal with that. And I think because you're, when you're put in a position where like there isn't any other option, like you, you will just do it. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing what you can do. And I think that's one of the examples of like, yeah, you might be overwhelmed. Like we might look from the outside because we don't have kids and be like, how on earth do you do that? But it's like, well, it, it has to get done. Mm. Mm. Superior women. Superior women. That is it. I yeah, would say yeah. so. I feel like I have like a bias because I've grown up in a family where the women in my life have they're just like successful they're feminists like they I suppose those two things are synonymous aren't they really success and being a feminist like (laughs) if I feel like if you are a successful woman like you are a feminist would that be right to say or probably not actually because there's still people who are quite selfish and driven in in that way and would be like, hey, I'm at the top, you little bitches, get away. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot of women who maybe are successful and, like, enjoy the, like, benefits of being a feminist, but then also enjoy, like, mm, but I still want men to, like, pay for everything and open the door and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it's like they want the best of both in that respect. I mean, I can't really. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but then you've got to, but then, then that's a whole other thing. Like, manners is not the same as, like, not being a feminist, so I quite like a man to open the door for me. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. so would I. <laughs> and to pay for everything, to be honest. I like. Yeah, but I feel like I'd like someone to pay for everything. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that makes me like more ladylike. It's just like <laughs> I know a good deal. Or, like when I see one, like someone doing something for me. Yeah, of course, I'd like my life to be a little bit easier. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's it. So, do you as a as a feminist diehard? You like people paying for stuff for you? No, do you know what I do like on a first date if a yeah. man pays for me on the first date? Okay. Only because what I know that, that I'll pay on another like day. Um, it's you're not the prize. about. Yeah, that's all I want to be. I love to be objectified. Um, <laughs> I love it when people pay for stuff for me and then like feel like they own me. For yeah, that. for yeah. the yeah. next oh twelve God. hours. <laughs> so good. Do you know what it is? And I think this actually does tie into the book, and it's something I picked up from the book. Like I like to feel. If 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 it was needed, a man could take care of me. Mm. If a tiger came, I want to know that he can beat him off. Yeah, but like a tiger's so extreme. Okay, if I lost all of my clients overnight, I would like to know that that a man could look after me for until I was okay again. I would, yeah. and that's what you don't get. That but kind I feel of security like from me. <laughs> I do actually. Like it. I I feel like that's quite natural. Even as a bloke, like if I lost everything, like I'd kind of hope that someone would be there to help me. Yeah, but then, but then, according to this book, that's that's Makes not the way pathetic. of a yeah. your man, right? Trust me, I know I'm pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> that's not my opinion. <laughs> but it was, you can see how like men would feel that's a huge yeah. pressure. Oh, a hundred percent. I always have to have my shit together. Yeah. Yeah, but then, but then I have experience in the past, and th- again, this is totally my own lens, right? well recognize this but i've experienced in the past where i make more money than a man which i don't mind but i've had to support a man and what he talks about in the book is that when that type of dynamic happens the polarity is like neutralized right and the sexual attraction goes now i don't know if the sexual attraction for me went because of that or because he was an absolute nutcase (laughs) i shouldn't say that word (laughs) what's the what's the politically correct word yeah, he was an arsehole. So I don't know if that's why the polarity went or if it was because I he, I no longer felt that he could take care of me. Mm-hmm. And that that 
You bad feminist. Well, there is there there is like research on the happiness of marriages where women earn more than men and way higher divorce rates. And whether that's because women who earn more are actually freer to leave. Like I think a lot of people stay in unhappy marriages because they're like, I've got three kids and I couldn't afford this life on my own. And am I ruining their life by staying like by leaving and then like not having as much of an income Mm. and like there's so much in that but like the amount that a woman has to give up to have kids in terms of career progression you don't have to but like it's likely that no you definitely do like well you don't have to to, like if if you make if you make that choice like maternity leave like it still takes time out like I feel like so my mum is like leader of the midwifery unit or maternity unit in Southampton and like she's worked her way up to that whilst like being a mum but I was being taken to, like, university with her when I was, like, six weeks old. Like, she wasn't staying at home and, like, looking after me in that way. Like, she had to get, like, straight back on it. Mm. Same with my mum. She used to put me under the desk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, I was like, I was just there, like, taken under a desk and, like, in a room full of women. And maybe that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's um, incredible, right? And I yeah. sometimes think about this. Like, your mum, like you said, probably got comments from people like, shouldn't you take time off and just spend yeah. it with your child? And, like, that's... Actually, it's so inspiring. My mum did the same. She went straight back to work. Mm. And it's like, to me, that's so inspiring. If she'd been a stay-at-home mum, I don't think I'd be the same person that I am. Mm. Well, I was listening to Catherine Ryan. Do you know Catherine Ryan? Do no. you? Yeah. Yeah. So she's, very well, you know. Yeah, she's one of my heroes. And um, she's a comedian, raging feminist. And she, so her, she's just had a, a baby and her husband is a stay-at-home dad. They, actually, they have a, she has an older child who's like 11 or something. And she was saying on the last podcast I listened to, being a feminist here has completely like screwed me over she said because ultimately there's only so much a man can do and she went straight back to work she was doing a podcast three days later and then she's filming stuff and she said he can do everything in terms of sorting out the house and all of these things and taking the other child's places but ultimately i've got the boobs and he wants me and she said and being such a feminist is just she said now i'm working because i'm the breadwinner but i'm also doing all like doing the house not the house stuff but the baby stuff because he cannot do it she said so and she i don't think she would she wasn't saying it in a negative way but she was just like you can't even if you're a raging feminist and you get back to work straight away there's no way of avoiding that side of things like yeah mm, even if you've got the most supportive husband in the world or partner in the world it's still impossible so i don't think there's a way around it so does that make you less of a feminist if you go home to breastfeed your child no definitely not yeah i didn't like maybe the i feel like in feminism and i could be wrong here of course but like i feel like people get so wrapped up in it they let the narrative drip into other parts of their life that it doesn't necessarily need to drip into and it's like actually like just being a human being like qualifies you for that level of care from someone yeah it doesn't matter if you're like a man or a woman it's just like if you're in love with someone like people care for you in that way because that's just like how love is you're part of like a team with someone Mm. they would like look after them in the same way that you'd look after that person if you know what I mean yeah I think that type of man I think you're probably quite a rare find yes (laughs) get in (laughs) the weight of that (laughs) I think I think you are though and I do mean that in a really nice way like I think you're welcome um (laughs) (laughs) that's all you're getting from me because like that is I think that that takes a very secure man to play mm. that type of role comfortably and not let that impact the dynamic or 
impact who you are as a person and I yeah. think that takes a strong a stronger man but I think it's a certain type of strength. a superior man if you will uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would yeah. actually yeah yeah but no I, I would say that's where there's a lot of nuance in the superior man because like what if the superior man is the one who's like actually let's all like be kind to each other and cool to each other and do like nice things let's all like take care of our own lives as well as collaborating like how does that sound like I don't have to fucking rape someone to be a superior man like you just be nice yeah that's probably a good thing um yeah (laughs) basically you just said that I'm rare and that's probably the best thing that's happened on this podcast. <laughs> I feel like it's just you're going to click that. Yeah, one yeah. Just delete the rest of it. It's like you're really rare. It's like okay, what's I'm, I'm a catch. <laughs> I'm a legend. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> any more for any more? Yeah, but if you if you know me, I don't go for rare, nice. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 not enough red flags there. Really. <laughs> Well, it's about time that I interrupted this conversation because that is the end of part one. Part two is more so about feminism, being an ally as a man, dating as a feminist, the conflicts um, that come with that. It's a great part of the episode, but there was quite a natural split in the conversation here. So please join me next time. If you don't already, follow A Need to Read on Instagram. It's at A Need to Read with the number two um, and not the word. But most importantly, just subscribe. Um, and obviously if we're going more important than that then leave a review um, there's there's so many different ways in which you can help if you do like the episode um, just head to the link in the description and you can see how you can support me there but with that all said and done thank you so much for listening we'll be back soon love you bye this episode of the podcast was sponsored by BetterHelp and BetterHelp provide an online therapy service to millions of people all over the world. Therapy has been a key part in my personal development journey, just in terms of understanding myself, understanding the way in which I can communicate with others in a better way, and so many different nuances in my behaviour I can now thank therapy for, because it has changed my life. If you yourself are considering going to therapy, then hats off to you, it is a big decision to make, but BetterHelp make the whole process quite simple really. It is one of those things that people get paralysed by fear of how long the process will take. But on question questionnaire on BetterHelp is 10 minutes and you'll be matched with a therapist within 48 hours. So just head to betterhelp.com forward slash need to read and you get 10% off your first month and then you can just start feeling better, which is great.